Today's episode of the Get Home Safe podcast contains explicit language that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Wednesday, March 24th, 2021. Thank you so much for joining us and we have a great Weekly Wednesday weigh-in today with Bill Barnes, the man, the myth, the legend. He always brings his A-game for the Wednesday episodes, but uh, really strong opinions and some rather funny moments here for today's interview. We recorded back on Monday, and uh, he had me laughing (laughs) quite a bit, laughing the whole time. So I don't know if some of you guys, when you listen to his shows, if you have to hit the pause button or even rewind, because he he has some quick hitters, man. And just when you think you've heard the punchline, uh, he continues and, and uh, to give an even better one or, or, or add on to it. So Bill Barnes, we love him. He's here every Wednesday. Uh, we record a few days beforehand. Um, so some of our topics are always up to date. Uh, a few sad, a few things of sad note, a few sad news uh, to note, I should say. Uh, Elgin Baylor passed away, 86 years old, the great Los Angeles Laker Hall of Famer. Spent his entire career with the Lakers as a player. Uh, with the Minneapolis and Los Angeles Lakers. He coached a little bit in the 70s, and then he was really known here in Los Angeles as the um, executive for the Los Angeles Clippers for over 20 years. So did a great job there. Uh, Just one of the legends in Los Angeles and has contributed greatly to the game of basketball. So we will miss Elgin Baylor. Um, he actually played basketball at Seattle University, uh, not Washington, the uh, University of Washington, but Seattle University. They're in the whack now, really, really small school, um, but took them to the final four back in 1957. So March Madness is here. And so I thought that was interesting. Actually lost in the championship game to Kentucky. So Elgin Baylor taking a kind of a uh, small school to the final four back in the fifties. And uh, that was their only trip to the, to the final four, I believe. And uh, the court is renamed after Elgin Baylor up there at Seattle U. So uh, anyway, uh, all right, rest in peace, sir. RIP Elgin Baylor. Uh, some other sad news occurred on Monday. There was a big shooting in Boulder, Colorado, some more senseless violence that, uh, it's just horrible, and um, thoughts and prayers are with the the victims. Ten people were killed. Uh, we will speak more about that probably next week with Bill when uh, more information comes out. I do know there was an officer killed in the uh, line of duty there, Eric Talley, um, one of the first on the scene. So lots to discuss with that whole thing, but uh, our thoughts and prayers are out to the victims of that horrible tragedy and uh, we'll we'll comment on that more so some rough news kind of to start the show today but now that we kind of have mentioned those now we'll try to move on to some more uh energetic and uh, exciting topics i should say um we heard from will Tarico, an avid listener of the program and he wrote me in a few weeks ago i think and i forgot to mention it with bill barnes uh so i will probably mention this with bill next week but i did want to mention will's comments he asked me about my favorite player in the nfl uh, london fletcher he, he said 
He said, Matt, I just saw a stat that London Fletcher has the second most tackles in NFL history and never missed a game in his 16-year career. Matt and Bill, why isn't this guy a Hall of Famer who is another very underrated athlete not in the Hall of Fame? I think it's a great question, Will, and a great topic of conversation that I will definitely throw at Bill Barnes next week for our recording just to discuss maybe some athletes at different sports who uh, were kind of grinders, not really the flashy guys that haven't uh, – you know, been uh, nominated or selected for the Hall of Fame in their sport. So that would be a fun topic. And any, any listeners who have any suggestions, send them my way. Uh, London Fletcher, my favorite player in the NFL. I think he was like five foot nine, maybe playing the middle linebacker position. Played for the St. Louis Rams, won a Super Bowl with them uh, his second season. He's out of John Carroll University. So uh, go figure. Uh, you just never know where uh, great NFL players are going to come from. And played with the Buffalo Bills and the Washington Redskins. But to not miss a game in 16 years, that is unbelievable, man. That is so crazy. Uh, and to play it at that position where you're in the middle of everything. I could understand the second most career tackles because he was always involved. He was always around the ball. And just a, an overachiever big time. But uh, someone who's also very talented and one of my favorite players. So thank you for that, Mr. Will Tarico. Uh, I mentioned this with Bill Barnes, but there's been a lot of like cosmetic theater going on, right? There's so much, uh, this mask shaming, especially in the NCAA tournament, people concerned about coaches not wearing masks properly, or you got to wear masks on the sideline, but not on the court. Or referees wear it sometimes, but not always like it's all such, it's either safe or it's not everybody. If everybody tests and everybody's positive going into these games, into these arenas. Okay. Then what are we doing? I know people are just doing what they have to do to play like restaurant owners are just doing what they have to do to stay open. I get it. All right. It's just so frustrating. I'm just like, is that really helping? And a coach takes his mask down to yell out orders or something to have his players hear him. That's unsafe or something like just, it's just, it's, it's nonsense. I, I understand wear masks, be safe. Okay. I, I get it. Look at, I get it. But, some of the, some of the selective outrage, which we continue to see, it's just mind blowing, sometimes mind boggling. I I just can't wrap my head around the selective outrage and cosmetic theater we say we see on a daily basis, and it hopefully it doesn't take away from some of the great action we've seen in the uh, NCAA tournament March Madness. Uh, that said, we have a great uh, get schedule of games upcoming, the first and second round. Uh, is in the books, and we're going to be going into the Sweet 16 this next weekend. Not only is uh, the schedule a little different than it has in years past, but it's even more different than it was last week. Last week was Friday through Monday, which was odd, usually Thursday Sunday through Sunday. Now this weekend, it's going to be Saturday through Tuesday. So we got nothing to do on Thursday and Friday, which kind of is kind of a bummer. But uh, Saturday and Sunday, the Sweet, 16's four, Sweet 16, four games each day. Followed up by two games Monday and uh, and Tuesday as well in the Elite Eight, respectively. But let's first look at the matchup. The Pac-12 with four, yes, four of the Sweet 16 teams uh, left standing. Uh, both Oregon schools, both LA schools, Oregon, Oregon State, UCLA, USC. And uh, I think it's uh, great stuff. Don't forget about Gonzaga, the number one overall seed in the uh, West coast conference there. So the West coast has a uh, plenty of representatives remaining here in the sweet 16. Um, there's four games on Saturday. As I mentioned, Oregon state against Loyola, Chicago, Villanova versus Baylor, Oral Roberts versus Arkansas and Syracuse versus 
Houston. Those are all Saturday matchups. I'm really happy the NCAA is spreading these games out rather than having overlapping and stuff. They're all two and a half hours apart, so you can watch all four of them each day. Uh, who would have thought? What a concept, right? So happy to see that. On Sunday morning, Gonzaga and Creighton face off, followed by two underachieving football programs, Florida State and Michigan. Uh, after that, the last two games, whether a UCLA or an SC fan, uh, you can watch them both back-to-back, cheer for one team, hate the other team. Uh, UCLA, Alabama at 415 Pacific, followed up by Oregon and USC at 645 Pacific. Uh, the third matchup, I believe, those uh, unless they played in the tournament. I don't think they did. The Pac-12 tournament, that is. So third matchup for the Trojans and the Ducks should be exciting. Can't wait for all of the action. Going to be a great weekend of basketball. Right? Can you? I guess you could still call it a weekend. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, why not? Uh, so I'm going to try to watch all four games if I can. Uh, but we'll see if uh, maybe maybe Valerie and I have some plans also. Who knows? But lots of basketball to watch out there. Uh, very much excited about all of that. Uh, let's see here. What else? What else? Uh, I did. I mentioned it on Monday, but um, I did record with the Pro and Con podcast over the weekend, Zach Stiver and Javier Rodriguez, as well as Chris, Chris Calderon contributing to that podcast. They do a great job. It's just a couple of guys uh, in their, in their twenties talking about sports, politics, pop culture, uh, Chris Calderon, AKA senior locks gives his gambling picks. I mean, it's a, it's a fun show. They're doing a great job. They do it once a week that should be released uh, Thursday, Wednesday night at midnight. So Thursday morning is when you will most more than most likely hear it. We don't have an episode here on the get home safe podcast on Thursday. So if you're, if, if you're free, give them a listen. And like I said, they're a little different than my show, but uh, very much similar, similar topics, similar direction, just talking about everything, current events, whatever's going on out there, as well as a lot of, uh, sports and uh, and things as well so they're doing a great job be sure to tune in if you if you would like if you should feel so inclined um again fun stuff with the pro and cod podcast i'm looking forward to that episode coming out um let me see do i have time for one more thing oh i might save that for friday i'll tell you about our friday guest after the interview with bill barnes so be sure to listen at the end and i will tell you about who is coming on the program on friday Um, but I do want to say, you know, all this cancel culture we've seen right in shows that occurred years ago. I mean, you guys have seen all that, right? Oh, well, uh, in this television show years ago, um, they were mean to a certain group of people. So we need to cancel the show that that show can't run anymore. Well, it got me thinking because I saw a show recently and I was like, okay, let's run with that. Let's run with that. Let's. How many shows do you watch now that occurred, I don't know, 10 years ago, where people answer their cell phone while driving? Not using a hands-free device, mind you. No Bluetooth headset. They irresponsibly and recklessly answer the phone. Put it to their ear while driving. That is unsafe. We can't show that in television shows. That has to be removed instantly. That is unsafe. Sure, it was acceptable years ago, but not anymore. We need to hold our television shows to the standards of 2021. As a matter of fact, I I can't believe these television shows from 10 or 20 years ago haven't gone back and erased those scenes or refilmed them. That's incredibly insensitive. 
There have been people who have been killed by people, you know, on the phone. So many accidents. That's just reckless. I don't understand how in, in today's age, you know, oh, what do you hear? All the, oh, it's 2021, guys. Come on. You got to adapt. You got to adapt. You can't have that. You can't show that stuff in television anymore. To be lectured all the time about what is and is not uh, morality. And then the same people who got no problem watching the Grammys and some of that pornography that was on uh, that was on on display. Uh, but it is, it is funny what we're outraged by, isn't it? I was sitting there watching a show and the guy answered the phone and he's he's driving, and I'm going, "Wait a minute, you can't do that!" Oh, cancel culture. Let's go back, cancel it all, take out take all the shows. I hope you understand my my point here and how ridiculous some of the this movement is to go back and remove things from television shows that we see. And it's like, Oh, that wouldn't fly today. Well, it wasn't filmed today. It was filmed back then or some of the themes or whatever. It's like, you know, it's make believe, right? It's a television show or it's a movie, but no, they treated this. Oh, they had, uh, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know. Cause I don't, I don't, I'm not in the business of canceling things. I saw the cell phone thing and it just got me thinking. So I was like, yeah, that's the logic. That is the logic we're using right now in, in all this cancel culture and removing uh, shows uh, from the past because they portrayed a certain group this way or they said terms that uh, are offensive or they they said retarded. Oh, excuse me, the R word, whatever it's I – don't, I don't even know anymore. But yeah, that's, a, if, that's how ridiculous that's, – that's the same sense of logic to cancel something in a, uh, in a television show because it, it shows drivers talking on a cell phone while driving. That's unsafe. You can't have that. Kids will see that, and what will they think? They'll do the same thing. It's just, I'm so over it. Anyway, I wish I had a chance to talk about that with Bill Barnes. Maybe I'll bring it up next week with him uh, when we record. Anyway, I will step aside now. I know I, I, every morning I ramble away, and you guys are like, just get to the main event. Well, here comes the main event. And be ready, because Bill Barnes brings it today. He's got his gloves on. He's he's got his robe on. He's dancing. He's ready to come in the ring and start swinging. And he swings away for about 90 minutes. So uh, let's get right to it. Once again, it's Wednesday. It's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, get your popcorn ready because Bill Barnes is going to deliver. Let's get right to it. The man, the myth, the legend, Bill Barnes. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. The retired police officer and retired college baseball umpire joins us every week for very strong opinions and very random thoughts. Once again, here is the one and only Bill Barnes. Okay, I'm joined once again by Bill Barnes at his lovely home in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Another episode of the Weekly Wednesday Weigh-In. Bill Barnes, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, and it ain't so lovely because I was enlightened today on Facebook. One of my photos I have is in the background. It shows my my vast uh, uh, supply and collection of, of, of liquor. <laughs> and a buddy of mine in New York said I needed to upgrade my, my gin uh, <laughs> collection. So, you know. I, I, again, I was duly humbled with my, with my, um, you know, liquor uh, collection. 
<laughs> which I don't even drink gin. I don't even yeah. know why I have it there. So anyway. You don't uh, strike me as a gin guy. I'm not a gin guy. I'm uh, not a gin guy. What's, what was the Ron Swanson joke uh, from Parks and Rec? He said something like, clear, clear liquor is, is for white women on diets or something like uh, that. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, big bottle of gin just in case, though, huh? Just in case. Okay, yeah, got to have all the bases covered. Mm-hmm. All the bases covered. Uh, well, Bill, we had some uh, questions come in that uh, I, I will ask you uh, to respond to. But first, I want you to respond to something I just told you. Uh, I came in the the door here, and you asked me, "Hey, how was the game? How was the Real Hondo Prep Pasadena Poly game?" Which I had promoted and told you all about was supposed to be played at the Rose Bowl. And I told you what happened, that it was canceled because of, as we, far as we know, one positive COVID test from a student who's not affiliated with the football program at Pasadena Poly. So they canceled the game. And I want you to speak freely on what you think of that. And keep in mind, the bill does not represent, uh, his views do not represent <laughs> Rondo Prep or anything else. I said this on Monday. My, my views represent nobody but me. But obviously. you. Yeah. Have at it. Uh, well, here's my first question is, what is the enrollment at Pasadena Poly? Um, how many children do they have there? Uh, I think it's K through 12 even. Okay, um, so how many kids are we talking? A few hundred. Okay. And these are youngsters, correct? Everybody's 18 or under probably? Yeah. Okay. We all know that 18-year-olds and under do pretty well with this thing. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's like getting the flu or a bad cold. All right? Statistically. Therefore, if it's if it's a young lad who is not even associated with the football team, a positive test, and basically they're they're uh, ba- basically the Pasadena Poly administration, who are obviously from the land of academia, who are afraid of their own fucking shadow. Most people, um, they're letting the baby out with the bathwater. Okay, they have drained. They they let they just overreacted in my opinion and they affected not only their team but Rio Hondo prep and the game was going to be played in the Rose Bowl which would be a great great thrill for these kids probably because every one of these kids on these teams with the exception of maybe one or two I'm assuming their high their career in football is going to end after high school Mm -hmm. okay a great disservice was done Complete overreaction. That's like saying that, hey, uh, we went to uh, the 7-Eleven before the game to get a Slurpee, and we found out the uh, clerk there is COVID positive. Well, the clerk at a 7-Eleven, who's probably, you know, an adult, would have more, to me, more bearing to cancel a game than a young student who has no affiliation with the program. Mm -hmm. Complete overreaction. Drown, you know, just too much. That, that was over overcooked. You shouldn't have done that. Big mistake. Oh, big mistake. And and you, you know, I I said this on Monday that the the blanket of safety, the safetyism is destroying uh, so much of our society. I mean, that's like saying a, a, a game at twelve thirty in the afternoon in eighty five degree weather, and it's the the um, the uh, exposure to the sun. If you're in the sun for more than Eight minutes, you're going to get a sunburn. Okay, we got to cancel the game. Okay, <laughs> where do we draw the fucking line at? Yeah, yeah. All yeah. right, I've got more of more of a chance getting sun cancer at a game like that during the day than I do catching COVID outdoors, where no one around me has it. <laughs> okay, 
That is ridiculous. Uh, I'm devastated. I, there's the more kid. of a chance that I'm going to get hit and killed by a drunk driver mm-hmm. or robbed, stabbed, and shot by some crook driving to the game than I am catching COVID during the competition. That is just completely ludicrous. And what it comes down to are chicken shit administrators at both the high school, junior college, division two, division one level. Uh, It was uh, a lady the other night, I was watching Bill Maher. The only reason I watch Bill Maher is I get a laugh out of him because he's such a liberal guy. But like me and like a lot of us, he's fed up with this cancel, cancel culture, woke shit. Okay. He said enough's enough. Mm -hmm. And it was a, I can't remember her name. She's a former um, North Dakota governor. She was on there and she said that college presidents are the most chicken shit people on the face of the earth and they are quote pussies. (laughs) She said that. She said that. Really? So if she's going to, and she's a Democrat by the way. So uh, (laughs) I can't agree with her more. And it was, it was, a perfect example of that is what transpired with the Pasadena Poly people. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think it's a complete and utter disservice, just like the United Teachers of LA were. And they just now they decide they want to go back to work, but it's going to take them three or four weeks to get their their uh, their their schools ready. Well, what the fuck have you been doing the last year? Yeah, I, I think you should have all the prep time. Yeah. With- so these kids are going to go back to school the 1st of May, and they're going to go maybe, what, six weeks? <laughs> and they're going to cram six weeks worth of one year's work into six weeks, wow. and then they're going to pin graduation uh, uh, medals on them. And it's kind of like – it's going to be like a uh, an AYSO soccer game. Even though they're, they're, they're deaf, dumb, and, and illiterate, they're still going to get a, a high school diploma, just like they get a trophy in, in – yeah, in school, in 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 in, uh, in child sports, when you ain't worth a shit, What's that right? is what's caused the woke movement and this this entitlement type of uh, attitude with our youth of today. Oh yeah, it starts somewhere. Um, What's her name? Heidi Heitkamp. That was former, her. Yeah. Yes. Former North Dakota yes. senator yes. Yes. or governor, whatever she was. Right. Yeah. Okay. God bless her. Good for her. <laughs> she told it like it was. Isn't it is. interesting though that the Okay, liberal people, um, they can identify what is going too far. That that things have gone way too far to the to the left. The leftist ideas, because there is a huge difference between a leftist and a liberal, and just the whole concept of this radical movement. It is radical with the things we're seeing. It started gradual. Now it it, it is uh, going fast, and it's crazy when you hear liberal people like Bill Maher say. Uh, uh, we have lost ourselves. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have. It's it's crazy. It's it, it, it's complete lunacy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, uh, just frustrating for for the real Hondo uh, kids out there. And uh, Bill, you made a comment. I think uh, Fred Monteblanco, who good friend of mine. <laughs> you made a, or he made a comment on one of your posts on Facebook, and you gave him uh, quite the attaboy on, on a few of your comments back, telling him uh, he's the smartest cab driver. Well, let, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, I gotta do it justice. Yeah, and I'm gonna read the, I'm gonna read some of the, uh, the comments. It was from a comment. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me dial it up here. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it all started with. Uh, a good friend of mine 
She's a sweet gal. I, I, I love her to death. Really good bartender. Uh, she, you know, I'm going to give her a prop here. She works at the Hyatt Regency down in, uh, in Orange County, right there down by Disneyland. Her name's Tamara. Tamara's a great bartender, sweet gal. Been doing it a long time. Unfortunately, she, she, she plays for the other team. And I don't mean she's a lesbian. I mean, she's, she's a Democrat. Okay. Um, she's a nice gal. And she had, and, and I, we posted a, a, bla a blast on Biden when he fell down the stairs and he made a complete joke of himself. And her comment was, he is already doing a much better job than that fat, lazy fuck on the golf course for four years, dressed like Bozo the Clown with a big suit and his Bozo red tie. And she's telling me this. Shame on you for voting for that big piece of shit that is so full of lies, crooked son of a bitch. There is only three years different in age. Biden is working for the people. Trump was working for himself. Get over it. You're always so angry. What's up with that? And that was to me. Okay. <laughs> now. My reply to her, and I tried to be nice because I like Tamara. I go, Tamara, I'm not angry. I'm just telling it like it is. I'm not happy about paying an extra dollar for gas since Sleepy Joe took over. Look at the complete losers he has put on his cabinet. He lied about the Keystone Pipeline, among other things. The Democrats are controlling him like a puppet. Why do you think Kamala shadows every move he makes? Never before have I ever seen a VP do that. It's like when he drops, she's right there to take over. Very odd, but I'm not angry, Tamara. The only thing I'm angry about is I don't get to see you at work and you pour me an excellent Jack and Coke. Other than that, I'm the happiest guy on the, on the face of the earth. Okay. And then uh, there were some people that just ripped into her. Okay. What Tamara did. Come to your defense, Bill yes, Barnes. Yes. yes. She stepped into a Republican, into some Republican quicksand <laughs> and was up to her eyeballs, not only in quicksand, but alligators before she knew what was happening. Now, Freddie Monteblanco, my good man, Freddie, priceless, excellent response. <coughs> Excuse me. He wrote, Tamara, this comment is comical. Had me laughing. Typical response from someone who has TDS, Trump deranged syndrome. Biden is working for the people, question mark? What people, question mark? On day one, Joe and his admin killed 11,000 jobs by ending the Keystone Pipeline. Talk about killing jobs for middle-class Americans. We are talking approximately $1.6 billion in wages. Have you seen and done research on the crisis that is going on in the southern border? Here are some more facts. 163% increase of family unit encounters between January and February alone. 61% in unaccompanied migrant children crossing the border between January and February. Let's talk about lies since you seem keen, keen on them. Joe promised $2,000 stimulus for the American people. Only $1,400 was given. I'm okay with this, but we are pointing out lies. He promised $15 minimum wage. That was a lie. How are gas prices treating you as of late? He stopped building the border wall, but has barbed wire surrounding the Capitol with 10,000 troops. What a joke. You notice how I mentioned facts to articulate my thoughts on Biden and his policies. Why are you mentioning Trump? Nowhere in Bill Barnes' post did he mention Trump at all. Trump left office in January. I think it's time you, for you to move on. Why are you so angry? It is because the President of the United States 
gets away with sniffing kids and grabbing women and making them all feel uncomfortable while society is trying to cancel Pepe Le Pew. If so, we share the same sentiment. And I thought that was outstanding. <laughs> I mean, holy shit, that was great. <laughs> As now, now, here was my comment from uh, to Freddie. I go, Freddie, well stated, Freddie, that a real Hindu prep education paid off. You're a regular Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> Stats to go with your narrative. Well done, sir. <laughs> And then, oh, and then, um, uh, and then, uh, uh, Mia Landry, nice lady down in the valley, uh, works in Van Nuys at the Van Nuys courthouse, does the Lord's work and is underpaid and underfed and, 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 um, and lives on scraps. Uh, she said, Freddie, I was going to also reply to Tamara, but you beat me to it. And very well done, I might add. Bravissimo. <laughs> And I said, Mia, Freddie is the smartest cab driver on the face of the earth. Plus, his car smells good and won't demand you wear a mask. Was Phi Beta Kappa at cum laude at Rio Honda Prep. Graduated fourth in his class in his senior year. Total of five graduates. Keep shoving, Freddie. You're doing the Lord's work at a phenomenal pace. <laughs> and that seemed to get a lot of laughs and likes yeah, and uh, yeah. having some fun. And again, Tamara, you're a sweet gal. Uh, I wish you can get back to work soon. I'll be down there uh, tipping some Jack and Cokes with you and the guys. And, um, you know, uh, you got nobody to blame but your Democratic friends. <laughs> it is fun. That was great stuff from you and Fred. Here, Fred Fred texted me laughing so hard. He's like, Bill Bards is so great. Uh, but anyway, uh, hilarious. It's funny how people want to focus on the former president. Like, you hated him while he's in office. He's he's gone. He's you got nothing else to well, think about. It's kind of like when when um when when Dave Roberts took over the Dodgers, he wasn't blaming Don Mattingly. Yeah, for having a shitty for having a shitty year. Hey, it's a new it's a new it's a new day, new organization, new people. Forge ahead. You're supposed to be so goddamn good at running the country. Then run the fucking thing. I mean, it's like sitting here blaming stuff now on Jimmy Carter. Like what? <laughs> that that was way back when. Like. It's time to move on. But anyway, some people can't. Uh, you know they wouldn't. It's like blaming my high school girlfriend for my marriage is going bad. <laughs> it's not her fault. <laughs> I mean, come on. Turn the fucking page, people. That is a good one. That is. <laughs> oh, Bill Barnes, we love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's times we don't know we're going to talk about it. We just start going. So, uh, Fred Monteblanco, great stuff. Freddie, you're the best, man. <laughs> Keep, okay. Hey, okay. Get a shine on the cab. Uh, you know, you know, make sure you got plenty of, uh, dentine and, uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, mouthwash for your, for your, uh, passengers and keep shoving. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Bill, we got a few questions and questions. A, yeah. A few topics that we can bounce around on today. We might, uh, we might, uh, hopefully well, we should be able to get to all of them. Absolutely. But anyway, we got, all, we got all day. Well, one of us has to go to work, but okay. Um, you didn't watch much basketball, right? So this is, uh, this weekend. I didn't watch any. So, uh, Nick Gonzalez asks what low seed left in the tournament has the best shot to go. So I will answer that one. Um, you know, Nick, I, from what I've seen so far, I like oral Roberts, man. I think they're playing good basketball. They took down Ohio State and then they beat uh, Florida. Um, man, they they're talented and uh, they're just uh, I, 
their school in Oklahoma. And yeah. Anytime you mention oral, any, anything, everything good can happen. <laughs> oh, that's my Beavis and Butthead line. Sorry. Oh, Bill, Bill. He Bill. said oral. Oh. <laughs> oral Roberts. O-R-U, O-R-U. Like what I see so far uh, from them. Uh, plus, yeah, although Illinois, Chicago's point, or Chicago, Loyola, whatever. But yeah, that's my pick, Nick. Okay, so this is from my brother, Sam. Um, this is his... Uh, he said a man card violation. Man card violation. Yeah, we haven't had you. You can throw probably a having shitty gin on your on your uh, <laughs> in your bar. I guess <laughs> they, that's a bad one. All right, uh, that comes to right off the right off the bat. Man card violation. Did yeah. he have a next? Did he have another part of this? Um, yes, he okay. said. Uh, he said uh, man card violation. He says treating beer like it's wine. I realize that running a brewery is its own craft, and creating a beer that everyone enjoys is a hell of a task. But Beer tastings, really? Drink the beer in front of you. Repeat until you don't care what it tastes like. <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, I think any type of tastings is a man card violation. Okay, <laughs> wine tasting, pudding tasting, uh, pie tasting. Get a slice and eat the fucking thing. All right, <laughs> just like if you know, pour me a glass. I don't need to taste it. Okay, pour me a fucking glass. I'm with you. All right, come on. What are we doing here? Yeah. You know, man up for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, said. I agree. I agree. Way to go. Yeah. Sam, God damn it. <laughs> pour, yourself a, pour yourself a 18 ounce and go to work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Here is that. That's tasting. Drink the whole thing. Okay. So this is another one from Sam. Another one. He says, this is just an observation. I work in Newport Beach. People are really preaching. Well, latte dos. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, good for you. Bully my, for you. Bully for you, my Orange County uh, elitist friend. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, let's see. People are really preaching about the saving the environment. Long story short, everything that used to be plastic is now paper, including straws, which is disgusting. I'm confused by this logic. Weren't we trying to save trees not too long ago now in the name of the planet? Hack them down. Tree lives matter. Bring back plastic. So I agree with the inconsistencies of, of environmentalism and this and that. Uh, now we're seeing it in restaurants. Everyone has plastic uh, forks and knives right because having regular utensils which you wash is unsafe so uh yeah i agree with that it, it, bottom line bill people are going to complain about something right yeah i mean the, the, i can understand the restaurant thing you've got plastic forks plastic uh, uh, uh menus now you've got plastic plates you've got plastic everything you know, you can kill two birds with one stone there. You're playing the uh, ecological game and and you don't have to hire a a 32-year-old uh, El Salvadorian uh, busboy to wash the dishes. Oh, so you, you're... So you're saving some money. Oh, so you want to take jobs away. Sure. But... Well, goddamn. <laughs> Who the fuck wants that job? <laughs> well, maybe. When you can sit on your ass and collect $400 a week and a $1,500 fucking stimulus every month. Yeah, Why do you want to work? Terry, Crow uh, Terry Crowley. I mean, come on. Yeah, he can out. sit on his ass for nine innings and come up and win a baseball game for you. Plus one open in the night. Sure. So, uh, well, I mean, I mean, even, even, even our good friends from the South are smart enough to know once they get in the country, they can sit on their um, velour couch <laughs> that they got from a thrift store and just live life and not have to do shit. Yeah. And yeah. you know what? More power to them because we're handing it out. <laughs> While our while our, our our veterans from all these wars are are sleeping on the streets, yeah, that's, that's bullshit. That's that's sad. Um, I, I just agree with Sam in the sense of, uh, yeah, 
save save paper. Okay, save plastic. Okay, which one is it? We'll do both. Pretty soon, we'll just not not have anything. You won't be able to throw anything away. Bottom line is, people throw stuff in the trash can. I hate when people litter. It's sickening. Uh, anyway, so we have two questions here from two different guys that are actually kind of similar. So um, this is from Kevin Scarpio, our our, uh, our man up in the high desert. He says, as an umpire, you are on the road a lot. What are some of your travel horror stories you have oh, experienced? <laughs> and then kind of in the same uh, the same topic really is from John Lee, who really liked our on-field stories last week about some of our uh, craziest on-the-field ejections and things. He says, but what are some of the craziest off-the-field uh, experiences during your travels. So maybe those two tie in and also what are the favorite places we've gone as far as being assigned games? So kind of a, a lot based around mm-hmm. travel. Okay. There. Let, let's touch on the favorite places. Yeah. Let's get that. I, I would say, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota Big is time. right at the top of my list. Um, I liked, I like Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Really? I loved Sioux Falls. Definitely not the baseball field. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I liked the fact that, you could drive to the ballpark at five o'clock in the afternoon and not see another son of a bitch anywhere near you, <laughs> which was great. Okay. There was no traffic. It was great. The weather when it was nice was beautiful. Okay. Just I felt like an American. I could take a deep breath <laughs> and not worry about somebody coming up and sticking a knife in my back and wanting my wallet. All right. <laughs> I liked it there. I liked, um, God, let's see. You know, places around it, you know, believe it or not, when I worked locally, when I would work at Cal State Northridge, I mean, we all said, you know, the LA shit pit of the world. Yes, it is. But I liked working at Northridge because I could save money. I'd stayed at my aunt's house who lived out there. And I knew where all the, you know, they played day games. Bill loves day games. I love day games. I could, you know, go out and have a, a, a refreshment or two. And I knew where some good dives were in the mm. valley. Yeah. And I knew where some nice places were. Monty's. Steakhouse at Topanga and Ventura Boulevard. Um, Jeff Henricks and I, when we worked together, um, they rolled the red carpet out for us when we walked in. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh, you know, Jeff Jeff can can carry a room. Yep. Because you know, most people that are you know have a, about a ninety eight percent bullshit ratio can usually do that. <laughs> and Jeff could turn it on at times. Um, you know, I, uh, Long Beach was fun. I remember a couple good nights there with with uh, Joe Burleson hanging out. If you notice, uh, he's mentioning, except for St. Paul, St. Paul was fun to work in that stadium with all those people and just yes. a great environment. But if you notice, uh, it's it's not always, he hasn't mentioned baseball one time. It's not about being working games, really. It's it's about the, uh, the like you said, the refreshments, the dinners. Well, and- yeah. I mean, working games, I mean, there was nothing better being on a baseball field on a nice spring day being on a, on a, at Pepperdine university. Oh man, that view. I mean, you could look out bass left field and you could, you know, the ocean. In fact, there was an East coast team there one year. I think it was, was it, uh, I want to say, God, I can't remember. They were from the East coast somewhere. And the first base coach, young guy, young kid, uh, graduate assistant comes over to me and goes, wow, the view is spectacular. And that particular day, you could look out and you could see it was either Catalina or uh, the Channel Islands, whatever you can see from there. And I said, yeah, man. I go, shit, it's so clear. You can see Hawaii. <laughs> he goes, wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I guess he went to the dugout and was telling people. And they're looking out at me like, you believe that shit? And they were 
the other kids were smart enough to know that, you know, that was nuts, but <laughs> I had him going. That is funny. Um, Converse, uh, Point Loma University, great view there. Division two school down in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. Up on a cliff. Yes. And actually over the home run wall is the ocean down right, way, right. way well exactly. below you. Exactly. That's quite a view. That's a great view. But but being, you know, baseball's baseball. 90 feet's 90 feet. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, outs and safes and strikes and balls are all the same. But uh, some of the places that are, were nice when you got to, you know, uh, get off the field, like I say, St. Paul, they all knew who you were. Mm-hmm. Big crowds. I was like, we're in the big leagues there. Yeah. It was oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And um, <clears throat> they had some nice rooftop bars there that I damn near fell off one night. <laughs> and, um, you know, that would have left a mark. It's kind of nice when when you're in a downtown area where you don't have to drive to no, the yard. You go, no. you stroll to the ballpark. That's kind of cool. Old school, right? Yes. Yes. So that was that cool. That was nice. I actually, Winnipeg is not a very glorious city, but I liked being there. Winnipeg was fun. It was a, you know, you were in a, you were in a, a, a foreign land because, <laughs> because the women were very, very good looking, but they were all snobby bitches. <laughs> it was like California. Yeah, pretty much. But they were, they were, you know, they, I'm I kidding mean, ladies. Yeah. People. I mean, it, I liked Winnipeg. Uh, it's expensive up there. I can't imagine how much how much more expensive it is now, but Winnipeg was fun. The thing about Winnipeg is there was a siren going off oh, yeah. all the time. That's right, twenty four seven. They yeah. they wrote, they put sirens on for everything there. I thought, my God, this city is a complete turd bowl because of the sirens. <laughs> you know, uh, as far as the the field itself, uh, this came to mind. Uh, two of the best playing surfaces I have ever umpired on. Uh, UC Irvine yes. and uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. That playing surface yes. is unbelievable. Yes, yes. It's Irvine, a, number one by far. Just a, it's just a Irvine. Irvine is in their own league as far as a playing surface, a natural grass, et cetera. Very, well, so those places were probably, you know, um, top shelf in my book. Yeah, those, as far as, pl- as places you've gone and seen uh, the baseball itself. Um it's uh, where's some places I like being in Texas. I like the Dallas area. Um, it's so I know you're probably not a huge fan. Despised it, <laughs> but uh, I, I I could see myself being on the outskirts of Dallas somewhere. Despised it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, funny story. When I was down there in '17 for the D2 uh, championships, uh, we took a, the the crew, also um, some some of the. Uh, uh, administrator, we all went down to uh, Dealey Plaza in Dallas. Oh, yeah. And it happened to be the 100th birthday of one Mr. Uh, John F. Kennedy. Wow. And they had a, a, a limousine, an open limousine, a 1963 uh, limousine that was a complete replica of the one that he met his demise in. And it drove by us. Wow. And I yelled out to the guy. I wanted to kind of, you know, make it a, even more realistic. I said, I said, back and to the left. Oh. And oh my God, everybody's Bill. Too soon. Too soon. On, I go, Bill. too soon. Shit. It's been <laughs> it's been 60 years for Christ's sake. Yeah. What are we talking about? Dark, dark day in American yeah. history. But I'll tell you what, going there, you see just how much smaller it is in yeah. person. Oh. And yeah. there's no doubt in my mind, after looking at that, that um Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone yeah. in that whole thing. Oh, I could now, talk hours about that. Was he now we could go on and on and on about the conspiracy. Was could he was he put up to it? Did Jack Ruby come in and silence him? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> it could have it could have happened, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh that is one p- fun part of traveling 
to different cities is seeing not only the way of life, but the history there. Um, Fargo was an interesting town. Did you go to the, was it the Roger Maris? Yes. Museum? I went to the Roger Maris museum. Yeah. That was, yeah, that, that was, was cool. Interesting. Um, interesting. I enjoyed being, it's, it's not a great city, but South Bend, Indiana. I loved being there during my minor league days because I was across the street from the college football hall of fame. So I went multiple times to that and spent all day there before working a ball game there. But uh, you've been to Hawaii too, haven't you? Bill? Overrated. It's overrated. 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 It's like Santa Monica with a bunch of uh, Asians. <laughs> you, re- you really do know. Santa, with selfie sticks that are 14 feet long. And you walk around, you, you almost knock into them and you want to take that stick and beat them with it. Oh, sorry. Okay. No, wait, Bill, I, I Bill. take that back. Asian violence. I, oh, Asian Bill. violence. Still, I, I have to take that back. No, no. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, apparently a major issue these days. Oh, Bill, stop Jesus, that. I'm going to be incarcerated for that one. <laughs> well, Bill, we'll get back to some uh, travel stories, maybe some uh, off the field stories, but uh, real quick. Uh, I got to tell you, Jerry Aldini just wrote in uh, and he, <laughs> Jesus. He, he said, tell Bill to shave his forearms already. <laughs> and then he sent a picture uh, and it looks just like you, Bill. He says, I didn't know Bill captained the Titanic. So, yeah, well, I might as well have my, my life's a sinking ship. So <laughs> one, one ship to another, it's probably some, some distant relative or something I knew nothing about. Yeah. Uh, that is hilarious. I, yeah, Edward Smith, I believe was his name, mm-hmm. Captain Smith. But anyway, look look him up. But also someone we saw on uh, television today as we were starting our recording, Dr. Jorge Rodriguez. I was hip, like, hip, Jorge. <laughs> I was like, that's Bill Barnes. Jesus. Sure enough, it looked like him. Uh, yeah, he's much more handsome than handsome I am. Handsome man. And he's yeah. probably a lot richer. <laughs> So Bill Barnes on the on the you know, on the news. Yeah, that yeah. was hilarious. So look up those those people out there, guys, and and. Tell uh, you'll you'll see the lookalike uh, of Bill. I got Barnes. a lot of lookalikes. You do There's a lot of smacked asses out there. Yeah. <laughs> but there is only one Bill Barnes. Okay, back to uh, to travel and some of the places we've been. I think we kind of touched on uh, the places. It is nice getting for baseball travels. It's nice being anywhere but in LA, which is it, it just is. I mean, the weather's nice, but that's about it. Yeah. I, exactly. I, I like going somewhere. You got to leave about four hours before you're supposed to be there, so you can get there on time. I enjoyed uh, uh, Utah when I was there. Arizona is always a fun place to go. Uh, Las Vegas, I got to go there last year. That's always fun to, to be paid to actually to be paid to go to Las Vegas was kind of a treat. Um, did you did you work? I in worked Vegas? there. Uh, God, I think my first year in uh, do when I went and I worked. Uh, uh, I did my by 2015. I think I was there once, and it was early in the year. It was cold. It was windy. It was miserable. And uh, I think one game he actually got rained out. They didn't make it up. So it was kind of a quick in and out. Yeah. Quick in and out. Get it. That's uh, yeah. A- nothing really, you know, I didn't really gamble. I mean, I just, it was so cold and miserable. I stayed in the room. Oh yeah. Uh, this is for, before I forget, you know, we talked about kind of our favorite politicians last week when John Lee asked us mm-hmm. that. Um, and you mentioned a, a Democrat, you and you and Bubba. Uh, Bill Clinton, yeah. you love to have some beers with Bubba. Uh, I forgot somebody that I wanted to mention today um, who's actually a Democrat that I have respect for and I and I like uh, what she has to say usually, and that's Tulsi Gabbard. Love her. Yeah. She should be a Republican. From Hawaii. I, 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 it's, it's odd that she kind of – You know, she owned 
Kamala in the, the, the debates. Yeah. Owned her, which isn't hard to do. Okay. <laughs> Kamala's about as smart as a box of rocks. Okay. Not an intelligent woman, not a smart gal. She thinks she is, but she's not. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you remember back when Vice President Pence and her had a debate, he owned her. Even with the fly on his head, he owned her. Well, and not according she, to the media. You know, she, she, uh, she's about as deep as a birdbath, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. But Tulsi Gabbard, uh, yes. I've heard a few of her interviews on podcasts, and she's, she's very much about working. She actually means it when she talks about working together and also that, you know, too far left is is just too extreme. Yeah. What, what? Okay. Uh, now that we're on that subject, the South Dakota governor, what's her name? Christy Nome. Okay, folks, I, listeners, I want you to Google her right now, a picture of her. And she, she is what, she is a product. If you Hefner and Barbie Benton back in the day had a child, <laughs> it would be her. Correct me if I'm wrong. She looks like a lot like Barbie Benton back when Barbie Benton was good looking. And you Hefner obviously would have supplied the uh, seed. And <laughs> I swear to you, that could be their love child. <laughs> and that's, a, I mean, it's, and, and it's a good looking product. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, and it's smart because I don't think Barbie was all that smart, but, but you had some, some brains. And uh, I think, you know, Hef and, and her, they, they put out a good product. Christy Nelm is a, like we've said it before, great governor. And uh, yes, she is rather fair to look upon. And um, I could see her being on the presidential ticket, maybe with Ron DeSantis. Uh, oh my God. This, I mean, DeSantis, no. Oh, Lord almighty. Don't, you know, that, that, the thought of that really excites me. And then it kind of, you know, you know, makes me happy in a, in a pol pol political way too. <laughs> Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. No, it's nice to see some people with some uh, some backbone like uh, those leaders. But yes, Tulsi Gabbard, I, I wanted to mention uh, today just because I, I forgot after we recorded. I'm like, oh, I didn't mention Tulsi mm -hmm. Gabbard. Uh, okay, back to our travels, Bill. You have been someone that has traveled a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, speaking of which, did you do any travel for law enforcement? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Mostly um, mostly in the state, you know, for training uh stuff. However, I had a case in 1997, uh, American express, uh, counterfeit case. Oh, and the American express people were pissed. They were being victimized daily by someone who was counterfeiting uh, traveler's checks. Somehow the case landed on my desk because the, the evident, evidently there were some things done in the city of Riverside, make a long story. I'm very long, 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 long story short is they put a, um, a uh, American uh, American Express uh, security agent, former LAPD Bunko forgery detective. My name is Russ Young. Russ Young is one of the best human beings on the face of the earth. So he and I hooked up. We went on an all expense paid well, uh, trip from Los Angeles to Nashville, to Dallas, to Denver, to Wichita, to Seattle, and then back home. How long was this trip? Uh, 10 days. Wow. We were, we were, um, you know, basically running through the country supposedly to interview people. <laughs> and when you went in to interview them and they refused to waive their rights, the interview was over. So we had a lot of time on our hands and that, let me tell you, was a fun trip. Uh, I needed to detox for about two weeks when I got home, we left on, I believe it was like an October 20th. I got home Halloween night into LAX and 
uh, it was a very, very fun trip. Um, <laughs> I won't go into specifics because, um, you know, I don't want to em- embarrass Russ or myself, but we had a great time. I mean, it was, it was a really good time. In fact, uh, in Denver, we were down on the, uh, that mall area in Denver. I think it's called 16th Street. And we were at a brewery. And with the altitude and the high uh, beer content, <laughs> I fell off a bar stool. <laughs> and I think I broke, I honest to God thought I broke my leg. And, um, you know, from that point on, um, I, it was just a blur. But that was a good, good trip. And back, I was, what, 30, 38 years old. And then I was a little younger. And I was able to, you know, rock and roll a little longer than I can now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Batteries were not uh, needed back right. then. Betting that included. Did you catch? Did you solve your case? We did. We got some good information. Okay. We were able to come back and, and put it together. And then um, the feds took over and made it a RICO case. And, um, I, you know, everybody went to jail and it was a nice, nice little product. And uh, uh, American Express gave me, uh, you know, a nice little gold ticket. And I have an American Express gold card, which... I've never used. Wow. Because just, you know, I, I don't want, I just have it framed and, and they kind of gave me the ticket to the city. <laughs> Those are some pretty nice cities to be traveling. Yeah. To. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, it was a great trip. Like I say, it was 26 years ago. You weren't staying in Motel 6 four years either. ago. No, we were not staying. In, no, no, no. Nobody had to leave the light on for us. <laughs> um, we, we stayed in some pretty nice joints. And uh, met, went to some really cool places in Nashville. Um, had a great time. And Russ, like I say, Russ, he's an he's a retired LAPD guy, so he knew how to he knew how to um, you know rock and roll a little bit. So he taught me a thing or two. I taught him a thing or two. And between the two of us, we did not land in jail. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah, thank goodness indeed. What about for like training and things you had to do? Did you have to? Travel up north Sacramento. Sacramento, Sacramento San Jose was uh, predominantly uh, um, the areas that they would send us. Okay, very cool, very cool. Well, uh, uh, I guess travel uh, war stories. We've all had those moments where we've had some, a tough time in an airport, or we forgot an ID, or lost a cell phone. What are some oh, of shit. some yeah. of your travel horror stories? Uh, well, the biggest one that stands out that could have been absolutely catastrophic was uh, 2017. Uh, I'm boarding a flight to Portland, then from Portland to Spokane, Washington to go work at Gonzaga weekend. And <clears throat> 7 a.m. flight, get on, no problem. Uh, we're about maybe on final approach into uh, Portland. And the plane, we hit some turbulence and the plane is bouncing all over the sky to the point where <laughs> people have such air sickness and the, the flight's full. They ran out of sh- uh, puke bags. Okay. They had to pass out plastic trash bags to people <laughs> and it is bad. Okay. I don't get air sick. I was, I was uh, uh, alarmed because I thought, Jesus Christ, we're going to try to land in this. <laughs> So I'm sitting on the aisle in the emergency row exit, mind you, in the aisle next to a very, very, very ultra attractive middle-aged woman from Orange County and her daughter. And I'm, you know, being the tough guy. Oh, she's just nothing. I travel all the time. 
I've been in a lot more shakier times than this. We're going to be fine. Just hold my hand here and uh, we'll get through this. In fact, would you like me to put my arm around you? Yes, please. No problem. So I am completely uh, taking advantage of, of this um, uh, soon to be tragic situation. And the girl, the late, the young, the, she's probably a teenager. She's talking to her boyfriend on the ground in Portland saying, this is the storm of the century. Electricity's out. Uh, light poles are swaying. It's 70 mile an hour winds. It's horrible. So she's telling, he's telling her that she's relaying it to her mother. Who's telling me as she's curled up next to me. And uh, <clears throat> so we get down and we're just about to touch down and the left wing dips like you would not believe. Oh, and he, he pulls up, he aborts the, he aborts the, uh, the pilot aborts the uh, landing. He goes, well, folks, as you can tell, we got a little bump in the sky. So he goes, we're going to make it, we're going to try it again. We're going to do up and uh, try another uh, uh, approach into Portland and we'll see what we can do. You touch, did you touch? No, okay, we never touched touch down. down. No, but you're, <laughs> but we were about ready to, and the left wing dipped and I thought, holy shit. Here we go. Here we go. This is going to cartwheel and it's going to be an absolute sh um, you know, oh. shit sandwich here. And he, he aborts the, the landing. This is Alaska Airlines, great airline. So we try it again. He gets to maybe 400, 500 feet this time and it's worse. And he, he aborts. He says, sorry, folks, can't, can't do Portland. We're going to Seattle. Be there in about 20 minutes. So it's still bumpy. Yeah. I mean, it's still bumpy. We get to Seattle. We land without a problem. Um, and uh, everybody on the plane claps. You know, yeah, they clap like, oh, my God, this you know, saved our lives. Yeah, save our lives. So now I've got to worry about how I'm going to get from Seattle to uh, Spokane to work the game that night. Well, I went up front and they got a ticket agent up there. I said, look, I need to get to uh, Spokane. OK, we have one seat available on a little prop job. Uh, one seat, if you want it, you can go, but your bags cannot because, as we all know, gear bags cannot be checked. They have to be checked. Yeah. So, I, and I just, I used to check all my shit. You know, I like to get on, I like to, I like to get on a plane free with free hands in case I need to use them in some which way, you know? And uh, so anyway, I got on the, I said, well, the hell with my stuff. I'll borrow shit. Let's get me to skip. I, you know, they need the body there. So I get on the plane and I, I was kind of, it was a West Coast Conference series and the West Coast Conference had a strict dress policy. And that is you had to wear slacks and, a, and a, you had to be business casual. Well, I'm in a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt, you know, I because I'm flying early. I completely ignored the, uh, the order. So <clears throat> um, we get to Spokane and not a problem. Well, I have no gear. I have no luggage. I have no nothing except for the clothes on my back. And another rule was you had to have at least a base uniform in your, in your carry on. Well, I had no carry on. I had no nothing. I had zero. <laughs> so I make a phone call to Larry Randall, who's our observer up. There. I said, Larry, I said, you need to dial up a high school guy and get me some equipment. Get me at least some pants, a shirt, a jacket, and I'll borrow a, a hat from somebody. Okay, Bill, no problem. So uh, Randy Sutton picks me up at the airport. He's the crew chief. I explained to Randy what's going on. He's laughing. Uh, we get to the ballpark and there was a high school guy in that unit up there that had a van. He had the van backed up by the locker room, our locker room. He had a sporting goods store <laughs> of stuff in there. And 
I got better equipment that, than, I, than I owned. I looked better in the uniforms that he provided me than I did in my own stuff. And it went, that went fine. And then uh, Randy and I, after the game, we drove to the airport and retrieved my shit and went on our merry way. So it, it, it ended okay, but it was scarier than hell, especially on that first landing into Portland. In fact, I got a $400 travel voucher. Alaska Airlines sent me a $400 travel voucher for um, the situation that they put us through. So that, <laughs> And I got to tell you, I don't scare easily. I, and I was scared shitless on that. Yeah. That was scary. Did uh, the, your, your uh, fellow passenger, were they gracious? And they were very gracious to me for, for making sure. Yeah. I, I told them, I said, you know, I said, uh, you know, uh, this is routine for me. Uh, no big deal. I said, you, have, you guys have a good trip. And if you ever need anything, I gave him my business card. And, you know, as luck would have it, I've never heard from him since. So, <laughs> well, yeah. that is that is another Bill Barnes uh, ism that uh, Bill always checks bags. He doesn't care. You don't carry anything on. I don't carry anything on. No, no, no. I need to be. I need to be ready to go in case there's a lunatic on board that I can disarm and and uh, incapacitate. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, absolutely. Right. Um, we we've told this story before, but we'll we'll touch on it again. Uh, our trip to Utah. Oh God! You forgot. You left your cell phone in the in the Uber. Uh, you're trying. You borrowed a phone. You're trying to call. Or maybe I don't. What you did? What happened was I I got to the I got to the ticket desk to to um you know to check my bags and it was um, Delta yeah. in Ontario. Yeah, yeah. And I go. I went for my phone to retrieve my my uh, my info, and I'll be damned if I didn't have my phone. Oh, and I worse. God damn it! I left my phone on that damn Uber Lyft or whatever it was. And the very nice ticket lady gave me her phone to call my number. And I'm thinking, well, this is win-win. Yeah, I'm going to have her number in my phone <laughs> when I get it back. And I'm going to get a hold of this son of a bitch to bring my, uh, to bring my phone back. Well, dumbass me, I had my phone on silent. Of course. So the, the Uber driver doesn't hear it. It's in the back seat. And make a long story short, no phone. And so I'm having to that whole weekend. And then you, I barely make that. You were the last sweaty, uh, <laughs> chunky guy on the plane. I see this sweaty dude coming on board with two carry ons. And I'm thinking, oh, there's Matt. You know, they're, they're ready to push back. And this guy's last minute Charlie getting on the plane. Oh, it was bad. It's like a 6 a.m. flight. I, yeah. And you got there at like 5.59. I sprinted. I was so out of breath. Yeah. So, so make a long story short, folks. This whole time we're in, uh, was it Logan, Utah? No, uh, Draper. Draper, yeah. Draper, Utah, where we're staying. I had to conduct all of my business on the um, hotel uh, computer. And dialing up porn on a hotel <laughs> computer is frowned upon in most establishments. Well, especially in the hotel lobby. Though. Yes. So that 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 put a, a cramp in my style. <laughs> and using the phone in the room. Who the fuck uses their phone in the yeah. room anymore? I know. You know? The landline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So I, I got my phone back like three weeks later in the interim. I bought another one. It, you know, it all turned out okay. Although it was very, 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 uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a pain in the ass for a few days. Yeah. Oh my goodness. No, no kidding. Yeah. The, traveling is, you forget one thing and it's just, it's awful. Um, what are some, I, I, I'm a very regimented. I have, I have a routine. Oh, I'm yes. regimented. You I have my way. I don't like clutter. I don't like shit around me. I like to, to be completely clutter-free in both my head and my space. You're the guy that- And when I get clutter, either in my head or in my space, 
I don't react well. Yeah. I mean, no, you are very strategic. I mean, you get plenty of games with you in the locker room. You, uh, no one, no one gets out of his clothes quicker than Bill Barnes, uh, which pains me to say, uh, but that must be from years of practice in other areas. Well, uh, you never know when you got to dress quickly either and get out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, you're the guy that you don't like clutter. I mean, when you retired, you just, you left all your stuff. You said, I, I don't need this stuff anymore. I'm not carrying it with me. No, I mean, you, you no. left behind. Gear. I left a great deal of shit behind. <laughs> Um, and the stuff that I have is in a bag in my garage and I'm waiting for somebody to come get it. You know, I'll never use it again. I'm done. <laughs> it's true. You know? Yeah. What does one do like with the police uniforms and stuff? Same I don't thing. have, I don't know where they're, I don't have any, I have nothing left from that era. Yeah. I've got, move on. Well, I've got, I've got some, you know, uh, some accommodations. I've got some things, some pictures, but as far as uniforms, what am I going to do? What Dress up for old times' sake. Yeah. Come on, frame them and no. throw them on the walls. No, I don't. I no, that shit's <sighs> gone. Some tra- travel story and also just off the field stories. What what else oh, uh, wow. has happened? Well, I, I touched on the Todd Rundgren story last oh, week. How about you tell <laughs> your <laughs> your Santa Barbara story <laughs> when you crossed the street? <laughs> you you tripped. You hurt your shoulder. Oh, something. God, and then <laughs> that was Ventura. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. You don't um, remember falling? I do now. Well, oh, no, but at the time you're like, I, I fell. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, Mike Jarbo and I, and our third was uh, Scotty Jones, which was great because Scott would travel, would take us to and from uh, the, the yard back to, we were staying in Ventura at like a freaking sixpence inn or some travel, you know, some dime store hotel. And it was, I mean, it was a dump, but we weren't in the rooms much. And, we got back on, it was Friday. We had a Friday day game, got back, Mike. And of course, Mike, you're not going to, he's not going to stay in the room. <laughs> so Mike and I went out, we walked and we went to a couple little uh, uh, clubs or places, uh, taverns there in town. And I had a $150 pair of Oakley glasses, not sunglasses, but actual glasses. And I had those on and we're coming back and we had to jump a couple of uh, trenches to get back across the street. And I missed, I fell down. Um, my glasses fell off. I didn't retrieve them. I lost them. And I don't remember this incident, but Mike does. I had a nice little shin burn on me and I had the plate the next Tripped day. into the Ivy. If yeah. You're trying to yeah. relieve yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, I was peeing. That's right. <laughs> Along going back and I tripped and fell and, oh God, it was just a mess. And you were overserved. I was. It wasn't my fault. You overserved. So this is like, you know, this is quitting time. This is two in the morning. <laughs> we had a one o'clock game the next day and I'm on the plate. Yeah. Okay. And probably one of the best plate jobs of my life because A, I was pretty much still drunk. B, I didn't give a shit. <laughs> and C, uh, you know, all the above. You, lo- you were locked, locked in. in because... That's all I could do. Pick the baseball in the middle. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, man. It, I, I felt really, really good when I walked off the field that day because I was glad I was done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was a sweaty, ringing, wet mess and it was only like 60 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill Bards, one of my stories for you. We finally get you to come out <clears throat> to the Midwest. <clears throat> you come meet us in uh, Chicago. We go, we pick Bill up at the airport. We had driven from 
um, South Dakota or something. Anyway, we pick you up in Chicago and we didn't have a game that day. We were off, but we were, we were staying in Gary Valparaiso, which we've talked about a series in Gary, but we go straight to Wrigley field. Hey Bill, what's up, man? Hey, we're going to the Cubs game tonight. And you're like, huh? What Wrigley field? We get to Wrigley, Wrigleyville. It's a night game. And we got down there early, you know, four o'clock or so, and just enjoyed the atmosphere around Wrigley, all the bars, all the people. Nothing better. Oh, man. It was awesome. I mean, uh, went to the game. That was fun, too, to be in Wrigley Field. Um, but then it was either – it wasn't that night. It was a few days later. Huh. I think we went out in Valparaiso. We're having, we a, having a good time. We and- had that toothless, ugly <laughs> jack-o'-lantern um, uh, uh, graveyard uh, uh, cashier at the McDonald's in Sultis. I, I recall that vividly. <laughs> oh, it's you guys again. Uh, it's you fuckers again. Yeah. That's exactly what she Those said. Those were the words. And we're just like, wow, we got we to gotta <laughs> question our lives here if uh, M- McDonald's people are recognizing us. Because, you know, you have a few cocktails and, and unfortunately on the road, you, you eat late night fast food and, uh, you know, most people gain a few pounds, which that, I was not a fan of. You were not. You. I don't eat. I don't eat late, guys. I don't eat late. Uh, oh, we're like, okay, whatever. Give it time. So I swear, like two days later, <laughs> we're done, and Bill's like, hey, hey, uh, they got Del Taco here or whatever. <laughs> it only lasted a short while. Yeah, it only like, lasts a short time. Yeah, and then you're ready to eat. But I think we got back to the hotel room and <laughs> you stripped down, and you're laying there in the sheets. And you have this Kit Kat <laughs> and you're just preaching a uh, little inebriated. And you're preaching how this is great. I have no responsibilities out here on the road. This is wonderful. This is fantastic. And you were just in heaven, man. You were, I mean, shit. You, I mean, think about it. You're, you, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you have a, I mean, you know, a pipe bus at your house and it fl- and there's nothing you can do. So don't even think about it. You're across the you country. are completely, uh, incapable of handling any crisis that comes up and you just put everything out of your mind and you eat a Kit Kat bar <laughs> and you lay naked in a, in a hotel bed and fall asleep and wake up at about two the next afternoon. It's nothing better. <laughs> life on the road, life on the road. Eight, uh, the base, the baseball gets in the way, right? Oh man. Uh, great stuff. Um, I don't think any, of course, travel horror stories, uh, when we had Bill drive the first time, it happened to be this horrible storm huh. in South Dakota, North Dakota, where you could see forever, right? So the storm just feels bigger. And uh, Bill did not like driving in the rain very much. And I don't like driving in the rain. I'm a California guy. I wasn't used to driving in extreme thunderstorm, lightning bolts all around you. Uh, rain where you can't see 10 feet in front of the car. Not a fan of that. Don't like it. Uh, I, 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 it, it, I hate it. I don't like it. Yeah. It's not comfortable. I feel like um, death is imminent. Yeah. And, and the, I guess the last travel story I will tell is um, back-to-back years in the American Association, you're, you're gone all summer. You're, you're just waiting for the game. You want the games to end uh, so you can get home back to sunny Southern California. And back-to-back years, once from Winnipeg, uh, and once from St. Paul, uh, Mike and I drove 24 hours nonstop. We each did six hours, six hours on, six hours off. Basically, you drove a take of gas and then switched. And we drove 24 hours. Uh, as luck would have it, 
that put us exactly into uh, Las Vegas. And uh, so to Las Vegas to kind of celebrate for uh, the end of the season for a day or two and then, and then home. So those, that was, you think a six hour, eight hour car rides long, try a 24 hour car ride. That was, <laughs> that was a long one. Twice we did that. So, yeah, I mean, driving from here to Vegas is like a driving to the, driving around the block now. Oh yeah. Me. Well, especially I mean, you with yeah. all the, the travel you're doing with security and yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a, a 20 hour day now is nothing for me. Now, obviously I'm not up that whole time. Well, I will tell this. Let me tell you this. I'm going to tell you this really quick story here. Last week I did a run, I did a run and long story short in a vehicle that was not conducive to sleeping with, you know, my partner and I, we had, we got back into LA about one in the afternoon. I'd been up since 7am the day before no sleep, no sleep because the car we were in was not conducive to sleeping. You couldn't recline the chair, et cetera, et cetera. So we had an hour to kill before a delivery came in this place in Culver City. I took a blanket and a pillow. I laid it out on the sidewalk in front of the car <laughs> and I laid down and I slept for an hour, just like a fucking street transient in LA. And I was okay with it because well, I was tired. <laughs> and that saved me. That one hour got me through the rest of the day. And it was, you know, you do what you got to do. Oh man, that hurt your back? No, it was great. Felt like a, I could have slept on a bed of nails. <laughs> It, it didn't matter <laughs> when you're tired, you're tired, you're tired, you're tired. Oh boy. Yeah. Being on the road's not easy. And, um, uh, you know, some people crave it. There was a time when I was that way where I was like, you know what? I got to get out. I got to get on the road where you're living in hotels and eating out every night. Uh, and it just felt like at peace, but now I enjoy being home. I enjoy cooking meals at home and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. there's not, there's one thing great about hotels is hotel sex. <laughs> Especially when you have someone with you. Ah. Oh, Bill. <laughs> I guess we'll take a break on yeah. that now. Well, Bill, let's talk some sports. Uh, March Madness is going on. It's been a great NCAA tournament so far. I know you haven't watched much, but uh, we're recording this Monday, and today is the final day of the uh, opening weekend, Oregon's up on Iowa. That could be a big upset. The Pac-12 has done well. Uh, I know you don't watch much basketball, Bill, but I mean, what are your thoughts about the NCAA and the tournament? Well, um, you know, they're playing games and they're playing and they're, they do it all. They're doing it all in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the NCAA people who don't do shit <laughs> can stay, stay at home and not travel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, having a little bit of uh, experience in dealing with these folks, having worked a couple of championships uh, in, in uh, my illustrious past, I can tell you these folks are nothing but extensions of college administration, which means they are um, from the land of academia. They don't get it. They're lazy. They're somewhat incompetent. Uh, it, it showed with how the women uh, workout room in San Antonio was a couple of dumbbells, weights, and the men in uh, Indianapolis had a whole like, uh, you know, Joe Weider gym set in there, you know, <laughs> and it's ridiculous. They don't, you know, you have to yell and scream for everything. Um, it took me forever to get paid by, by them on both championships I worked. Um, they, they're just kind of like, hey, we got, we know we have jobs. We really don't need to do much. You know, they kind of just uh, go along and, oh, yeah, you know, they wore shorts and T-shirts to the, you know, we, we tried to tell them that, hey, you have scheduled games too close to each other. 
We're getting out of here at midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Can we move the games up? We're playing two games a day. They're going three and a half hours. We need an hour in between. We need to, instead of starting this shit at two o'clock in the afternoon, noon. let's go noon. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, no, no, we don't want to do it. Well, how come? Well, we just don't. You don't have television. You no. Don't have, you don't, there's no. like 12 people there. At yeah, the I mean, I've gone to, I've gone to junior high volleyball games <laughs> that had more people than the NCAA Division II Championship Baseball wow. stadiums. Okay. It's a crock. Okay. These people don't care. But you've talked about school, uh, college presidents, school administrators and stuff. The NCAA is just an extension yes, of that, really. That's all they are. Yeah. They're the ones that can't even make it in a, in a, in a, in a college institution. So they go, to the, they go work for the NCAA where it's, you know, <laughs> the sick, lame, and lazy. You know, the NCAA stands for not completely alive or alert. <laughs> that's good. Okay. That's and good. I just pulled that out of my ass just now. Well done, Bill. All right. Now. You're going to say, oh, Bill, you're just an asshole. You're just talking bad. No, I'm not. I said this back when I was working. I was the crew chief in 17. And both myself and um, the uh, the uh, D2 guy, we were fighting with him. Like, hey, but but he had to be careful because that's who he worked for. Yeah. Okay. Me, I didn't give a shit. I told him, I go, you people are fucking out of your minds. You I, I, yeah, I didn't like, and the NCAA, they got a lot of. Uh, they get a lot of grief and a lot of rightfully so of their policies. Rightfully so. They, they, there's yeah. I mean, let's take an example: the Cal Baptist women's basketball team, Riverside. Division One Riverside, went undefeated this year. Undefeated, twenty six okay? and zero. Twenty six and zero. All right. Now you may say, well, they played an easy schedule. I don't give a shit if they played an easy schedule. They went un fucking defeated. All right. And what's their what? And because they're a transitional D one program. What's their what's their prize in this whole thing? They get the Miss Congeniality Award. They get to go play in the NIT <laughs> women's, which probably has less fanfare than that JV volleyball game I was talking about. All right. Now, perfect example, Matt. Uh, let's say back in uh, 1995 when baseball brought in some expansion teams. Let's say the Colorado Rockies win the Western Division. Are they going to say, oh, no, you're an expansion team? You can't probation, go to, probation. Yeah, you're on probation. You can't. You win 100. You win 100 games. You lost 62, but you can't play for the for the for the for the championship. Bullshit. That ain't happening. That is un. Uh, that's just the whole concept of probation is totally ridiculous. I would understand if there was a transition from division one to division two. If you go down, it's yeah. like, uh, no, you can't, yeah, you're play. cherry picking and you're going to, you're going to, you can't be yeah. in the postseason, Right. But to, to bump up to right. go from D two to division one, it says here that they're ineligible for postseason play for the first four years, four of tra years transition period, four years, That's a presidential term, four years. What, 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 why, why, what, what's, I want to, you're know not going to get, okay. If, 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 if I've got a six foot two inch daughter, and that would be an absolute <laughs> stretch of any imagination. And she's a stud basketball player. And Cal Baptist has come knocking on my door and they want to take her. Full ride, full everything, condo, Lincoln Continental, um, you know, all that shit. Well, what's your postseason going to be like? Well, we can't. Well, sorry. You know, yeah. she's going to go to Rhode Island uh, Tech because, <laughs> you know, they're able to get in. All right. Come on. What are we doing? That makes no sense. I mean, to, to have you're telling me your incoming freshmen are never going to have a chance to play in the postseason. Well, 
I mean, talk about, I mean, you talk about, uh, participation. I mean, holy shit. That's what there's zero logic to that. Zero. Know? You're not gonna. I mean, come on. And this goes for all sports. I mean, I, I happen to know an, <sighs> an assistant coach for the, for the men's team, Joe Wellman, who's been on the program before. And, uh, they're very excited about being in division one. We know some of the administrators over there are very good people. Mr. Outstanding people. Mr. Brian uh, Engel, I think. Brian Engel. Great man. Oh yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. There's a lot of universities. A, that is like that. That let me tell you something. That college sports program over there is a number, and it, it's a lot to impress me because I'm not impressed by anything. They impress me. They do a wonderful job. First class. Their 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 baseball coach Gary Adcock has turned down many D1 jobs to stay there and build that program, and he's done a fan, he's done a great job. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, I mean, it, it's they, it, <laughs> they love their basketball there. The men's team's great. Rick Croy, the head coach there. Uh, the the women's team, twenty six and zero. That's unbelievable. But uh, how how crazy would it be if they if they win this NIT? They'll be undefeated, and, <laughs> and someone someone else is going to win the national championship. Yeah, I mean, come I'd on. hang a banner. I'd hang yeah, a banner. I'd I say would. win yeah. champs. Right. Right. That's it's, unbelievable. It's 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 unconscionable that the NCAA has these archaic dinosaur age rules. It's total bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Jared Olson, the head coach of uh, Cal Baptist Riverside, uh, the women's side of things on the basketball court. So, and, and I'm not a huge women's basketball guy, but this is, there's all this talk about injustice everywhere these days. That's, that's pretty, if you're coming in with, with D2 talent into mm -hmm. a D1 uh, level now, reward them. Yeah. Reward them. It's, it speaks volumes. The fact that you can, be that successful that quickly. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope UCSD, my good friend uh, uh, Eric Newman down at and at at UC San Diego, uh, wins the Big West baseball crown this year, and they tell him he can't go to the postseason. <sighs> okay. He knows it going in. He knows going in. But it's bullshit. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That is that is crazy, and I'm, I I'm, I didn't think I'd be doing this today when I woke up, but uh, I've just looked at the Cal Baptist women's schedule just to see. Okay, who did they play? They played UC Irvine, San Diego State, uh, UC Riverside. You know all the the Big West schools: UC Santa Barbara, Cal Poly, Utah Valley. That's their conference uh, schedule. So they played their conference, and they played a few California teams. It's not like they uh, played all Division two opponents. So. No, they did, and they didn't. And to be fair, they didn't go back and play Connecticut or Oregon or uh, you know Tennessee or any of the big you know women's schools. Yeah. But they're they're fucking undefeated. That's throw crazy. them a bone. That is crazy, man. Wow, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, Bill, there was something. Um, uh, anyway, hopefully the the five Pac-12 teams advance. UCLA and SC play later today. We're recording Monday, of course, and uh, Oregon looks to be doing well. Over hey, Iowa. and the, the way the brackets are, I don't know. Can UCLA and USC meet for the national championship? I think. I mean, I'll look at it again, but I believe they can meet in the Elite Eight. Okay. All right. Um, that would I'm be. I'm just curious. That well, I liked it when they met in the Pac-12 tournament a few times, or maybe once, but. Mm -hmm. If they met in the NCAA tournament, that would be awesome. That would be really, really yes, cool for for all the twelve people to see that are in the in the arena. It'd be great. <laughs> they the the arenas they're twenty five percent full. It is nice to see some fans in the stands. I mean that that's been pretty cool to see. The the yeah, I can't wait for uh, opening day at Dodger Stadium when eleven thousand people are crammed into the, the fifty six thousand seat stadium. <laughs> that's going to be fun to see. Apparently, tickets ticket prices are through the roof. It, it's crazy. It's it's I don't even want to. I, yeah, it, it's it's nuts, and it's not even worth mentioning because it's 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 just a sham. 
<laughs> well, fans in the stands better than uh, than no fans at all, I think. Uh, I stand corrected, Bill. UCLA, NSC, they could meet in, looks like, the final four. Okay. So, anyway, that's a long ways away. Uh, there was something I saw, Bill, that I wanted to bring to your attention. I was out driving, and I drove past Don Lugo High School in Chino, and I saw all these these cars parked on the sidewalk, some easy ups and people sitting out on chairs. I'm like, what is this? And I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I looked and all these parents are sitting on a sidewalk, lots of them, uh, looking through a chain link fence uh, from the outfield, looking in at their kids playing a baseball game. And I thought to myself, and, and I looked, and of course it, the, the fence is all chained up. So no one's allowed in. So all the parents are out there on the sidewalk watching the game. And I'm like, what sense does this make? I, I am assuming from what I saw that parents were not allowed to attend. Once a game. again, it's the land of academia. The 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 uh, high school people are just as bad as the college people. They're afraid. <laughs> They're afraid. They are scared kittens in the corner that don't want to allow parents, the people who pay their fucking salaries, to come in and watch the baseball game on their soil because they're afraid of liability that someone will catch the God almighty COVID. Yeah. Okay. Now, now if they're, if they're on the public sidewalk, it's out of their hands. They, they shouldn't, they, I guess they don't give a shit. However, however, uh, Cal state Northridge opened up. They had to wait a month to open up their season. And they opened up this last weekend against Cal Poly San Luis Obispo at Northridge. Uh, why do they have to wait a month? Because the Cal State system, which are a bunch of recoiled uh, folks that are afraid of their own shadow, the college presidents, etc., said they didn't allow they didn't they weren't allowing students back on campus to even practice for <laughs> for their sports. So the wise decision made by coaching staffs at both Northridge and Long Beach was to skip the preseason, practice, and get ready for the conference schedule okay which they did they opened up um i'm not sure how they did i really don't know that's not the the whole key the key to this this rant here what it is is that um i guess the north uh, the big west conference sent out a memorandum saying we are leaving it up to each institution to administer their own rules as far as spectators so with that in mind the, the um, completely spineless jellyfish administration at Northridge says, no fans, no fans, zero fans. So the, the parents said, fuck that. We're going to go and we're going to stand on the public sidewalk over along the first base side and peer in through the fence. Can't do shit to, because we're on city property. Yeah. Okay. The Northridge security people aren't going to go and tell them to leave because they have no, no jurisdiction. The Los Angeles Police Department sure as hell isn't going to go tell them to leave because yeah. they got other things to do, and they're not going to get involved in that. So evidently, the college administration said, if that happens, we're going to send people in, and we're just going to shut the game down. Oh, my God. Wow. How, I, how's that for your uh, your 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 – uh, state college system at work. It's it's nice to know that, that effort is being put in the right places. That's unbelievable. I mean, let's all just go climb under our bed in the fetal position and and wait for the world to end. That, yeah, that's it. Okay. TikTok, man. TikTok. Just yeah. let it all. Okay. That's and, and for those who don't know, it's not like Northridge gets 10,000 people at their games. Maybe 100. 
Maybe. If that, maybe a hundred people. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, and I wish, you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, the best part of, of, of Cal, of Cal state Northridge baseball is their announcer, Ross Porter, who used to be the Dodger announcer. Yeah. yeah okay. He, that guy's great. Internet radio yeah. voice. Now, um, I, to me, that's just complete nonsense. Well, this, you know, we, we, we talk if it's about that it. fucking dangerous, don't play. Yeah. Well, it, it's, the inconsistencies, the, the nonsense, and it's all nonsense. There's so much, uh, you know, theatrics. All of it is, is, uh, it's not common sense. It's all for show. It's, uh, uh, what's it called? Theater. It's, uh, it's cosmetic, cosmetic theater, theater. cosmetic theater as so well put by Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, who am I, who I might add is a doctor, a medical doctor. He owned, owned Fauci the other day. Oh yeah. Owned him. <laughs> Did you see that? I have not. Uh, oh my God. It was a, it was, it was an absolute work of art. Yeah. He owned him. What did he say? He told him, basically told Fauci that, Hey, you are, you, you're saying to me that I, that after I'm vaccinated, I still have to wear a mask. Yeah. <laughs> if, if that's the case, then you're, you are, you are making it to where people are not going to want to get vaccinated because they're still going to have to wear a mask and do the things they're doing now. So what's the benefit of getting vaccinated? <laughs> it's true. If you're still going to, you know, keep your thumb on us. Yeah. And he, he owned him and, and Fauci tried to counter and it didn't work. And I, I'm, I'll say this, Fauci hasn't even taken a temperature on somebody in 50 years. Okay. Let alone prescribed an aspirin. Rand Paul is a medical doctor and has been there, done that a lot more recently than Fauci has. <laughs> uh, well, I was out on Sunday, went into the Claremont area, had some, uh, things are open opening, we'll say. And, you know, we, a few establishments had some, uh, early dinner and it's hilarious. Some of the cosmetic theater you see, like you, you wear your mask to walk 20 feet to sit down, then you can take it off because then it's safe. And I feel for the restaurant owners and the servers and everything, cause they're just posting things and doing what they have to do to, to be open. But it, it's ridiculous. You open the menu, or actually, there's not even really menus anymore. They make you scan stuff on a food, on yeah. a, on because that's unsafe. But <laughs> they, I mean, here's the deal: you have to go now and 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 scan, put your cell phone, and take a picture of the menu, mm -hmm. right? If my mom and her husband went out to dinner, they don't have they they'd starve <laughs> because they can't they don't have the capability of doing that. Oh yeah, there are people out there, our older people that don't have iPhones. They've yeah. got flip phones or they don't even have phones for that matter. They can't go out because they can't, they can't get their hands on a fucking menu. Yeah. So now you're going to shame them. Yeah. Shame these people. Right. That's like, are you I kidding mean, me? What, what are, the, what, what are we doing? It's, it's crazy. It's uh, you, you, and, and they've been vaccinated. They've been fully <laughs> vaccinated and, and they're being, they're still being screwed. People, older folks, because yeah. these are the ones that we rushed out to get shots in their arms. And what, and how are we rewarding them? Stay in the house. Keep your mask on. Yeah. <laughs> Do not pass go. Do not collect your measly hundred dollars. Come on. This is bullshit. I know. This is not a way to live. No, no. But some people want the, the bill. People want this to continue. I swear. I swear there's people who want this fear uh, to continue. I mean, it's been over a year now. Longest 14 days of uh, staying in yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. Let's, let's, let's bend the curve. Or yeah. We're gonna do. 14 it, it, days. And I mean, enough is enough of this. And I mean, it was really funny. Like, 
I got up to put my mask on to, to leave. And I'm like, I'm walking out the door. I'm not putting a mask on to walk out. I, I said, I'm not putting my mask on. But in big, bold letters in these, these uh, menus uh, online or whatever, per LA County regulations, you must order food with an alcoholic beverage. And I'm thinking, what, what that's, is this? That's, we're Mormons now. We're in Utah. That's a Utah rule. <laughs> if you're in Utah, you go to a, a place uh, like a, 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 a Logan's Roadhouse. You want a beer? Oh, you better get a meal. You got to get a meal with that. <laughs> That is a that is a standing Utah rule. That is unbelievable. And I go, Jesus, you know, I knew the Mormons were were folks that like to, you know, throw their their, their religion at you, but they got to use they got to get COVID to do it now. <laughs> Holy shit! One big conspiracy. Yeah, it's you know the Freemasons and the Mormons are out to control all of us. <laughs> oh come on, Bill. The Mormons are they're good people. They leave you alone usually. Well, yeah, because they're they're trying to find their fifteen kids that that they've spawned. <laughs> And their four wives. Oh, Bill, Bill. Okay, Bill. I'm done. Oh, right. man. You've offended the Asian community today. I have not offended You've the offended Asians. You've offended the <laughs> I've offended the Mormons, yes. I didn't mean to offend the Asians. I was just telling it like it is that they got 14-foot selfie sticks over in Hawaii, and you got to walk around them because Asians walk like they drive all over the place. And their selfie sticks... You're going to get one shoved up your ass if you're not watching what you're doing. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, it's not. I'm not being racist. I'm being real. <laughs> you're realist. I'm a realist. Realist, not racist. Oh, well, you know, let me ask you this, Bill. I see words thrown around to today in the past few years that are just overused. Like, for instance, racist. Everything's racist. Everything's racist. What are some other words? I don't like, I'm not going to buy a black car. Oh, you're racist. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Come on. Where do we draw the line? Uh, yeah, we over, I would say we're out of problems, man, if we have to make ones up, right? I mean, yeah. if we have to invent, uh, but like uh, words that are just overused, uh, even, even good words like brave. Everybody's brave now. Everyone's a hero. Everybody's a tough guy. <laughs> uh, uh, victims, victimization, that, that gets, uh, I, I was a victim uh, devastated. I was devastated by their comments. I mean, there's so many words we hear that are just overused. People don't know what it is to be a victim. People don't know what it is to be devastated. Okay. Mm -hmm. And those that do don't say that they were, they, yeah. they, they just deal with it. You know? Yeah. It's like the, uh, you know, combat veterans. They don't talk about it. So no, guys, the ones that do, yeah. The ones that do the, the, the fucking these, you know, folks, and we all know them. Yeah, when I was in uh, Kuwait or when I was in Bosnia or when I was in Nam, you know, I, I took 14 shots to the to the head and I survived. Bullshit. You were 15 miles from the front flipping pancakes. Okay. <laughs> the ones that have been there and done that, just like in police work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The ones that have been there and done that, don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. The ones that were cooking scrambled eggs and and and, and making mess kits and 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 cleaning the latrines were the big heavy heroes down there in the trenches. You know, killing the enemy with their bare hands. Yeah, the bullshit. Guy, yeah, the bullshit. guys, the guys that were cops for a week or a month. Oh yeah, that, that's the best one. That's the best. That's one. the best one. You know, I did I back did. when. That's my favorite. Back when I was a cop. Yeah, when like, I was a cop. Oh, for that for the for the fourteen days. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I and a lot a lot of these, and I'm not going to make fun of Orange County police agencies. They're small, but I work with some guys that work for these Orange County agencies. And they like to tell the stories about, well, you know, I was on the SWAT team at, uh, <laughs> at uh, you know, um, 
you know, Placentia PD. <laughs> and oh my God. I go, oh, so um, you got all dressed up and rolled and guarded the yellow tape until the sheriff's department got there, huh? <laughs> and that usually shuts them up. <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference between uh, LA or Pomona SWAT versus, you know, yeah. yeah. Newport Beach SWAT. Yeah, Newport Beach SWAT. Hey, <laughs> return that library book or we're coming in. <laughs> Give me a break. Ask my brother Sam. It's very no, dangerous no. down there in Newport. Oh, God. It's yeah. it's touch and go. I mean, it's <laughs> my God, man. I mean, the surf Nazis will kill you. <laughs> what else is over is overused? Uh, I'm trying to think of some terms you hear all the time. You watch the news for five minutes and they'll they'll throw out all kinds of randomness. It's a lot, lot of crap. You yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> we've lost the country's lost now because we've got the state-run media supplying props to the Democrats who are completely fucking this country up. Well, false narratives you see all the time. False narratives everywhere. Headlines that try to suck you in. Um, uh, like, 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 what is this study? Walking barefoot is healthy for you. What, how, what is this? this is, who, who, who took the time to do this study that popped up on the screen here? And, and why is this on the news? I mean, so, some of this is just filling time. Sure. You know, a lot of the news and, one thing I can't stand with the whole media thing is the hypocrisy, the inconsistency. It, it, we say it every week. The, the, if, if you voted for Joe Biden, okay, you have to at least take off your blinders and look at the coverage of the media. Joe Biden falls going up the stairs to Air Force One and there's you know reasons and excuses made. Trump walks gingerly in a hot day in uh, a, a slippery uh, ramp or whatever and it's oh he's unfit for office and all this nonsense it's like they, i don't they care. blame the wind on biden oh the wind falling. oh okay really 25 mile an hour prevailing wind the wind okay. moved those steps a 95 year old man can walk without falling down in a 25 mile an hour wind okay wow. biden is feeble he's lost it his mind is he's done okay where else in history can you find where the vice president has traveled everywhere with the president? They're usually separated. Just in case. Just in case he drops. Yeah. She, believe me. She's, call, she's, call, she's calling the shots. Okay. She and her people, all right, or her people and the people and her. Joe is just, he's just a figurehead, man. Yeah. And he's a mess. And it won't be long until we are under the watch of president harris yeah i i believe that uh and we'll god help us <laughs> yeah. well you know just when you think things can't get worse uh things can be worse unfortunately as we've seen in 2020 and just the world's crazy country's crazy did you happen to hear uh emperor newsom's comments about the recall yes. and how it's a, a yes. right wing conspiracy. What else is he going to say? I mean, <laughs> he's not going to say my own people hate me, which they do. <laughs> yeah. He can't say that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, the guy has gotten away with so much shit his entire life. When he was, you realize when he was a pitcher at Santa Clara university back in the late eighties, he claims I hurt my arm. I, I never pitched anymore. He was horse shit. Okay. <laughs> he threw pus about 40 miles an hour and people owned him. Yeah. All right. He was a dog shit pitcher. It's funny how the and guys he, he were... was able to somehow walk on at Santa Clara and he walked off real quick, <laughs> claiming he had a sore arm. Bullshit. He was terrible. The he guys was that can't quite cut it. Guys that can't yeah. cut it are the ones that always yeah. happen to be injured. You know, yeah. It's like so 
lucky for us, he got into politics with his sharp chin and his chiseled chin and his nice hair. That's the only thing that's gotten him to where he is. He is a fucking mental midget. Okay. <laughs> the man is a, is he an empty suit? Zero. Yeah. Where Bill, kind of as we round third here, well, you lived in California your whole life. We talked today about a lot of different places you and I have traveled. Um, some places are great for a weekend, but you couldn't really live there. As California gets more and more crazy, I know you have a grandchild here, your your your, your mom here, and everything. Where is somewhere you could see yourself living uh, someday uh, to get out of this state? Where do you think you could? Live? I hear Prescott, Arizona is nice. Okay. I hear that uh, areas, there's areas in Texas that are still American. Uh, there's areas in, I mean, if, if I didn't have to, if I didn't have to withstand a white winter, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah. Oh my God. And then I'd, I'd stalk this. I'd stalk the governor up there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's places now. Maybe, maybe you could work for. I'd love to. Security team. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sure. That'd be awesome. Um, Anyway, what else? Um, I mean, California is gone. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 beyond life support. Mm -hmm. You know, it's dead and buried. And uh, we have our democratic people to thank for that. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody says, "Oh, the '80s was great, man. We loved living in the '80s. The '80s was so cool." Well, guess who was running the show in the '80s, motherfuckers? <laughs> Ronald Reagan and George George Duke Magian was the was the uh, was the the Republican governor of the state back then. Yeah. Okay. That's when we're all, you know, going out with big hair and clubbing and having a great time. All these, all these people say, Oh, the eighties was great. You know why it was great? Because we had solid conservative leadership that allowed us to be free fucking Americans. Yeah. Uh, cheaper gas prices and, uh, you know, good policies. So yeah. I, I, it's funny when people that's some people, they just see blue tie, red tie. They don't care about Paula. It's like, you realize voting for this is going to change your life in a negative way, right? Or this will take away jobs like the Keystone pipeline. Like, <laughs> just, some people don't care. They just hate one side so much that they don't care uh, how many lives it'll ruin. Anyway, Bill, what else? A couple minutes here. Um, Anything else you wanted to talk about today? Not really. I mean, um, I'm, I'm, I'm Excited for Major League Baseball to get going. I, I, I'd like to. I want to see what kind of uh, you know fan fan followings there are out there. You know, maybe a thousand dollar a ticket for a nosebleed seat. That's, yeah. that's exciting. Um, I'll be watching on TV. Trust me. Yeah. Um, I will not pay that kind of money to go to a baseball game. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, other than that, I mean, uh, you know, you just. Uh, Go to bed at night and hope tomorrow will come. Amen. I recorded uh, an episode with the Pro and Con podcast. Two guys, Zach Stiver and Javier Rodriguez, Rio Hondo Prep graduates. Of course, of course. Of course. And, and the third member. These people are they're running the they're running the, they're running the world. <laughs> well, if you they, know, it's a it's a cult uh, membership that goes <laughs> far and wide. Rio Hindu Prep. Rio Hindu Prep, man, <laughs> so love it. Down. Oh, if, if Rio uh, grads were running the 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 world it wouldn't be so bad uh but a recorded with them great podcast the progressive and conservative kind of dialogue um sports pop culture all that uh it was a great recording with them they said i said what about bill barnes on your guys show they said oh man that'd be great so maybe, maybe that'll happen well you know i'm i'm you know talk to my agent talk to my people we'll see if we can't book something you're a wanted commodity yeah right oh man bill barnes thanks again always fun recording with it's, you it's great i look forward to every monday morning i have a reason to get out of bed to you know do this and uh 
drink coffee and get get hyper and 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 kind of have a headache the rest of the day from all the shit I've uttered. But uh, no, it's great. Oh man, absolutely okay. great way to start the week. We'll do it again next week. All right, adios. Well, Bill Barnes touched all the bases today, got us around third and home safe for the middle of the week. Always appreciate you, Bill Barnes, coming on, bringing your energy, and it's really fun to record on Mondays with you. We start the week off right, get your coffee, and we just start uh, start going. So I hope everyone enjoyed that. Uh, I, I'm sure I'm going to receive some messages regarding a lot of Bill's little topics and, and quick-witted uh, lines today. Uh, man, what, what a guy. He, he holds no punches. He has no filter. We love him. Some hate him. Uh, but I think more people love him than, than hate him. So anyway, Bill Barnes, the man, the myth, the legend. Always appreciate you uh, recording with me. Can't wait for next week. I already have things I want to talk about with you uh, regarding uh, next week. Some current events that happened. And we'll gather more information with some of the current uh, events, the news that's been occurring here recently. We'll put all that together. So we should have some uh, reactions from Bill Barnes next week. And if you have any questions, content, please, guys, don't wait. If it's on your mind now after listening to that episode, Please send them in right now. Uh, get them in at least by Sunday night so I can piece it all together when I record with Bill Barnes. Thanks again, Bill. Well, guys, let me tell you about our guest on Friday. We're going to be joined by Julene Barrett. She's going to talk to me about being a mother of five. She's going to talk to me about her father, Philip Ostegard, as well as her uncle, Francis Ostegard, two of the uh, most sacred, special, uh, incredible, humble men that have ever uh, gone through Carry Youth League, tremendous leaders themselves, uh, and and Julian will fill us on a lot of what those men were like growing up, and just uh, we, we knew them as leaders and pastors, and she's going to kind of give us the details on what they were like uh, outside of uh, outside of all that, and just the great man that they were. So looking forward to talking with Julene. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, baseball. Her, her family, the Barrett family is a big baseball family. Uh, they love the Atlanta Braves. So we'll talk about that a little bit and how that's been like here in Southern California, the LA area. Not easy for Braves fans anywhere, but especially when they're going up against those uh, defending world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, remember that 3-1 lead they had? Oh man, poor Braves fans. Anyway, you will hear from the, uh, Julina on Friday. She's a graduate of Rio Hondo Prep. She'll talk about some of her classmates and what it was like going through the program. A lot of fun conversations with Julene and uh, looking forward to uh, releasing that episode on Friday. So be sure to join us then. Guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We'd love to hear from you just like you hear from us Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays here at the Get Home Safe Podcast podcast it can be anything say hello give us a content suggestion some topics ask some questions whatever the case is do so in a timely manner so we can piece it all together and get that information out uh accordingly on our recordings oh tongue twister there uh anyway uh earlier today i recorded the intro and the outro for this episode i went to uh, publish it and realized the lens cap was on uh when i transported all the mics and everything to bill barnes's house I then brought it back here and forgot to click a button here or there. And so it was just uh, blank, no sound. So I was a little upset. Had to do this twice, but uh, hey, had to get it out. Duty calls. It's not always an easy road, but uh, the road of life. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. So Bill Barnes, you're the man. Appreciate you coming on the program. Oh, and as a reminder, friendly reminder again, the Pro and Con podcast 
I happened to be a, an interview there uh, that was will, will be released on Thursday. So if you got nothing else going on, there's no Get Home Safe podcast on Thursday. Give those guys a listen. And if you can't get enough of me, of course, I'm on there. And so that should be a lot of fun. But I love what those guys are doing. Support those guys. The Pro and Con Podcast doing a great job. Javier Rodriguez, Zach Stiver, and Chris Calderon. Uh, great group of guys and uh, really, really having a, a good success with, with their podcast. I wish them nothing but the best. Okay, enough for me. Rambled enough today. Long episode with Bill. If you're still with us right now, thank you for tuning in. But guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you.